Lily Riddle Narcotics Emporium presents Lily and the Art of Being Sisyphus by the Carnivorous Muffin read by San Gabriel based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 8 Depression is Sad it took Wizard Lennon a while to recover from the discovery of his abandonment and his supposed defeat in the wizard world. For a long time it seemed as if he was almost gone altogether. He stopped talking during the day, and at night in her dreams he would only have his back to her in some grey, dreary place she had never seen, with only a single window. There was only the constant headache, a sense of heaviness in her brain as he sat and festered. Whatever had been driving him to that point, whatever hope had been burning inside him, was gone, and it left him feeling hollow and curiously old to Lily's point of view. Lily had never realized in that past year how much she had come to rely on the communication and understanding she shared with Wizard Lennon. Before death and then Wizard Lennon had entered her life, there had only been Lily, Lily alone in the cupboard with her own spinning thoughts leading nowhere. It seemed, looking back, as if her life only really began with that meeting in the train station called Purgatory. This is what they called friendship, she thought to herself, but she had only realized it when it was suddenly inexplicably gone. Lily didn't do things for others. She recognized this, mostly because she'd never had a need to, and no one had ever asked, but the sentiment remained. If there ever came a day that Dudley asked for her aid, even if it was for the smallest of tasks, she'd most likely tell him no. She'd realized at a very young age that people would never go out of their way to do things for her, so clearly she wasn't expected to go out and do things for them. The fact that they weren't sentient, a conclusion that had solidified really only after meeting death, only added to her reluctance to play along with their robotic schemes. It was to Lily's surprise, then, that she found herself setting out for the wizarding ghetto for him throughout August of 1986 without a single prompt from Wizard Lenin. With black-dyed hair, she'd prowl first through the streets of Diagon Alley, and then through the seedier Nocturne Alley. She had no doubt some of his traitorous comrades were lurking about, perhaps as one of the men with yellow teeth on street corners, or even some of the women with more revealing robes in front of barred windows streaked with dirt, but she wasn't here for them. The Great Revolution was Wizard Lennon's business. That's what she had decided when she first sought out to do Wizard Lennon a favor. Her business, then, would be to find whatever it was he needed to get his body back. At first, after talking to Death, she'd wondered if it was a good idea to get Wizard Lennon a body. He was rather destructive even on another plane, and according to the history books he'd killed quite a lot of people before employing the green death lasers on her own family. However, Lily figured that that was all Wizarding Britain's problem and not hers. Besides, according to television, friendship triumphed over all things, thus friendship was labeled more important than national security. She'd had the feeling, from images that occasionally stirred themselves from Wizard Lennon's consciousness, and from a sharp moment of focus from the back of her mind when they entered the darker and somewhat dirtier-looking alley, that she was walking in the right direction of answers. It was on her second trip through the alley, in a shop filled with mysterious-looking artifacts, that Wizard Lennon broke his silence, and Lily officially took up the mantle of Lily Riddle. So I don't know if you happen to have any golden building materials on you, Lily was asking the clerk. After a glance around the store, she'd figured none of these items looked like whatever it was Wizard Lennon thought he needed. Not that she knew for sure, but she imagined immortality was a rather complicated business and involved a lot of supplies that weren't severed limbs or eerie-looking jewelry. Then again, what does she know? They were in the land of glitches, after all. Android would probably work as well, but I have a feeling that's not exactly what I want. Wizard Lennon didn't like robots. 
Or at least that's what he'd said to Uncle Death one day in the station when Death had been describing the century or so when artificial intelligence had been alarmingly close to sentience. The discomfort also could have been from the fact that Uncle Death had casually said that androids were really the bigger and better version of what magic had been creating in portraits and various other talking artifacts. Despite being the leader of a revolution against this culture, Wizard Lennon was always offended when either Uncle Death or Lily pointed out discrepancies in the wizarding community. But she was also beginning to realize that Wizard Lennon would argue with Death on just about anything, even if it meant he had to pick the wrong side of the fight. Personally, Lily was of the opinion that androids were smarter and shinier versions of golems, but she was there to try and cheer Wizard Lennon up, so she might as well play by at least some of his rules. In her head she heard Wizard Lennon rustling, annoyed at some comment she'd made, but ignoring it because he felt too sleepy. At that thought she felt a somewhat familiar feeling of pins being stabbed through her forehead, and she decided that it was best to stop that train of thought before the migraine of death happened. "'A golem?' the store clerk asked with raised eyes, taking in the sight of a dark-haired, green-eyed girl staring back up at him. "'Or android, you know, something that can walk and talk and has a vague nervous system. A body ray.' Lily shrugged, wondering what people normally asked for in this type of shop, and if they really only wanted ominous glowing jewelry that looked like it had been radioactive in some other life. "'Are you lost, little girl?' he asked, finally looking a bit dumbfounded, probably more than he liked, considering the impression he'd tried to give when she first walked through the door. She'd found that people in Nocturnally liked to pretend to be either dangerous or just plain sleazy. Most of them had the sleaziness down pat, but struggled when it came to the dangerous— Wizard Lennon looked more terrifying when having bored, casual arguments with Uncle Death, and certainly he was scarier when depressed in her brain. "'No, I'm not lost,' she said, probably looking as frustrated as she felt. She was beginning to feel why Wizard Lennon was so angry all the time. Every single shop she had entered had asked her that question. Even the non-sketchy shops had raised eyebrows when she tried to buy a pile of books. "'Listen, girl, this isn't a place for kids. You best get home to your parents,' the man said, brushing her off with a single hand. They're dead. Ah, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. They stood there in awkward silence, Lily staring flatly at the man and him staring right back. Why was it, she wondered, that these wizards were always so greasy-looking? They usually didn't look so greasy in Diagon Alley, sometimes looking too clean to be normal, but here everyone was covered in some version of filth. She hoped Wizard Lennon, as deep in his depression as he was lingering, appreciated the effort she was putting through for him. Overall, she was finding that she was very much put out by the wizards. She'd expected more from them, especially from the glitch-manipulating seedy underbelly of society, but they all seemed like they'd just escaped from the Renaissance Fair. Some of them were just more authentic when it came to how much people bathed back then than others. She wasn't sure what she had expected from them. She only knew that she was sorely disappointed in all of it, and felt she could, and probably was, doing an all-around better job of manipulating the universe. In her head, there was another irritated twitch from Wizard Lennon, letting Lily guess that he probably didn't agree with her statement at all, but being non-responsive, she supposed she won the argument by default. It might have been chance that brought the next customer in through the doorway, or perhaps it was destiny, or perhaps it was that for the next few hours that day, there had been reports of a black-haired, poverty-stricken-looking girl wandering around shops reeking with dark magic and asking about the transmutation of souls and the creation of golems. Whatever it was, someone walked through the door, causing the little bell to ring, and Lily to turn around and stare at a very pale man who became even paler at the sight of her. They stood and stared at each other for a while, the clerk and Lily at the new arrival, and the new arrival straight at Lily. He reminded her vaguely of Wizard Lennon, in that he appeared genuinely dangerous, but he lacked some of Wizard Lennon's basic intensity and focus. He looked like a watered-down version of Wizard Lennon who was just roaming around the streets doing his weekday evil magic shopping. So, 
I guess you're back from vacation, the man said rather awkwardly, still looking somewhat alarmed by the fact that Lily was standing right in front of him. Lily hadn't realized she'd been on vacation, but it always seemed like the wizards and various friends like the goblins routinely mistook her for someone who wasn't Eleanor Potter. Given the general trend of things, she'd guessed that he was mistaking her for Lily Riddle, dreaded drunk lord representative of the they who was apparently violent enough to garner some respect from Wizard Lenin. Still, it was best not to make casual assumptions, especially about drunk lords, so she decided to respond in a normal manner. I didn't know I'd taken a vacation. Last she checked, doing business for a gloomy Wizard Lenin wasn't exactly a vacation, but she supposed it was the closest thing to a vacation that she had ever taken. Was it nice? You look happy enough, the man said after a bit of silence where he appeared to try to figure out what she had just asked. I assume you want to talk business. Business. Lily wasn't sure what business she'd have to discuss. The last people, the goblins, who had asked to discuss business with her had offered her oodles of cash by claiming she was the drunk lord Lily Riddle. So far, she liked the current trend. Yes, I would love to talk business. She walked up to the man and wrapped her arm in his, smiling up at him with as much enthusiasm as she could possibly muster. If it were possible, he looked even more alarmed by the contact than he had been at the mere sight of her. Then they took off and began meandering down darker alleyways that were filled with even seedier-looking wizards, each one staring first at Lily, then the man, and then with a look of abject terror clearing the street before anyone could say a word. Apparently, she had pushed Wizard Lenin past the bounds of his depression, because he was suddenly at the forefront of her mind again, bringing agony in the form of headaches with him. Lenny, what the hell are you doing? Oh, hey, you're alive. Good. I was getting worried. The voices in your head stop. It's kind of alarming, she noted before continuing to answer his question. Well, I noticed that you were barely in my head anymore, so I decided I should probably get something that might make you feel better. You're always complaining about not having a body and being stuck in my head, so I thought it might be a good idea to start looking into some Lazarus opportunities for you. If the headache was any indication, he was not satisfied by that answer. I know that. It isn't as if I've gone blind and deaf. I meant, what are you doing now? She looked at her guide in the streets thoughtfully. Her guide twitched at the eye contact, a nervous grin plastered on his face. Getting more monies. Lily, that man whose arm you're holding is a vampire. Not only is he a vampire, he's also one of Lily Riddle's henchmen. If he finds out that you're not Lily Riddle, and believe me, Lily, you are not Lily Riddle, then he will cut us both into pieces and feed us to the dogs. He sounded pretty serious about all that, even giving her the lovely mental image of someone's cut-up remains left on the street and eaten by strays. It was rather realistic. It really made her wonder if he had done that sort of thing before. We don't know I'm not Lily Riddle. I did a blood test at the bank. I remember I went again the other day and they still bought it, she reminded Wizard Lenin. If you're really Lily Riddle, then I will have no choice but to believe your ridiculous theory about magic being a side effect of the end of the world. Well, that one's true, Lily pointed out. Not that anyone believed her. Even Uncle Death, who tended to be a bit more compassionate and open-minded than Wizard Lennon, had shut that theory down when he had first heard it. Whatever the point is, Lily, that you are six years old, can barely talk to people, and are now going to attempt to impersonate one of the most ruthless magic users in history. This is a terrible idea. The most ruthless? She'd always thought it'd be Wizard Leonard who'd be the most ruthless, or maybe one of those other people she'd read about in her recently purchased glitch books like Grindelwald, Dumbledore, or Baba Yaga. When they first sent the Aurors to arrest her in 1938, she took one look at them and told her gang of vampire thugs that she was too tired to cast the killing curse that many times and they could just eat them raw. Well, they thought about that statement for a few moments. That sounds efficient. 
From the feeling in her head, she was getting the impression that Wizard Lennon thought she had entirely missed the point of what he was trying to say. Normally he would give up then, especially with his recent bout of lethargy, but to her surprise he gave it one more attempt. Lily, while I may not always appreciate the situation of me being trapped inside your head, I do appreciate the fact that there is a head for me to be trapped in. She thought he was overreacting, especially in light of her apparent immunity to death. Immunity to death is not immunity to pain, and believe me, I'm quite an expert in both subjects, and Lily, you've never tried coming back after being digested, and I'd rather not push the limits of how far your affliction actually extends. It was too late, though. She and her guide had stopped in front of a slightly cleaner-looking building with a great red sign that read, Riddle Inc. Abandon hope all ye who enter here, or just leave it at the door for later. Well, here we are. The main office the apparent vampire said with that same nervous grin before quickly opening the door and ushering Lily inside. All Lily really had to say about the place was that she liked it. She liked it quite a bit. It had everything. There were Star Wars posters on the walls, tacky lava lamps, a few glowing jewelry things for fun, and a recreation of the projection of the wizard's intimidating head from the Wizard of Oz. She stared around in appreciation. If Lily Riddle wasn't her, then she had to say that she very much appreciated her style. I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you? The vampire quickly rushed behind a green curtain and met with controls in a desperate attempt to cut off the wizard's speech. Oh yes, the head. I'd almost forgotten about that, Wizard Lennon grumbled. In spite of his apprehension about being there, Lily also had the distinct feeling that he was annoyed. I thought you'd never met Lily Riddle, Lily pointed out, wondering how Wizard Lennon could sound so familiar with the place if he'd never seen her before. I haven't, but in the sixties, when I was beginning to plan my revolutionary movement, I suppose you'd call it, I was a bit short on funds. I had enough money to live on, but not enough to convince pure-blood heirs that I was the descendant of Salazar Slytherin and refined in all ways they could never hope to understand. Lady Riddle is known for occasionally giving out loans. She's also a rather harsh collector who takes deadlines seriously, but I wasn't too worried about paying her back, so I figured it might be easier to go there first than to try my luck with convincing the goblins that revolutions are a lucrative business. This was before anything was really in motion. I had yet to appear as Lord Voldemort, nor even come up with an appropriate cult name for my underlings. It was purely at the planning stage. I think it might have been 66 or 67. Lily was almost stunned by how much he was talking about himself. Usually Wizard Lennon wasn't one for specifics of his history. He let details slip every now and then. She knew he graduated Hogwarts in 1945 and that he hated some guy named Dumbledore, but other than the occasional flashes of thought, he rarely filled her in. It was funny. She'd always considering revolutionizing to be his main occupation. She hadn't realized he'd started it so late and had probably been doing other things before he became a communist. However, Wizard Lenin without communism or revolution just wasn't sticking in her head, so there must have been some glimmer of it before he decided to put things into action. So what happened then? Wizard Lenin sighed, as if feeling his past frustration coming back in full force. As it turned out, Lily Riddle is rather famous for taking decade-long vacations to God knows where, and then turning up when least expected. I was ushered into this room and told to present my case to the wizard, Oz the Great and Powerful, I did end up getting the loan, as apparently Lily Riddle had written a memo the last time she was working in 1945 that if an intense-looking communist with Clint Eastwood blue eyes that makes the punk think I don't feel lucky comes by spouting off his plans for the Great Revolution, then give him the loan and we'll collect after he loses pitifully. Lily was beginning to realize why Wizard Lennon had such grudging and wary respect for Lily Riddle. 
Wow, she predicted that much. He felt a little insulted by that, mostly about the losing pitifully part of that note, but Lily couldn't help but think that he had lit himself on fire after trying to murder a baby with green death lasers. There we go, it's off now, that thing can get obnoxious, the vampire said before turning back to her. So, um, boss, would you like an update on the situation? Lily grinned back at him, shaking herself out of the stupor of conversation with Wizard Lennon. I would love an update on the situation, so what's the what, comrade? Lily, you are pretending to be a drug lord, a drug lord who isn't known as a dark lord, only because she's never actively tried to take over the government. Try to sound like someone other than yourself. Wizard Leonard didn't quite think she was capable of this, and in his mind he was picturing the various ways that Lily might end up after what he considered to be a terrible mistake. The vampire, however, was seeming more at ease the more she spoke. Like this meant Lily Riddle was in a good mood, rather than the dubious suspicion he'd have if he thought Lily Riddle wasn't Lily Riddle after all. Louis didn't know what it was, but somehow, thinking back on Lily Riddle's words as quoted by Wizard Lennon, she did feel a little bit lucky. Well, as you may or may not have heard, that revolutionary we loaned money to, Tom Riddle, did indeed have a revolution, and did indeed die in a rather flamboyant and odd manner, as you said he would. By the way, I've always wanted to ask, he isn't related to you, is he? The vampire paused, looking at it with a genuinely curious expression. Given that Lily wasn't sure she was Lily Riddle, she didn't think that she and Wizard Lennon were related. In the end, they really didn't look too alike. Not enough that she would guess that they were relatives, but it wasn't as if she had looked too deep in the family tree. We're not, Wizard Lennon said flatly, as if the very idea of being related to her was an insult to him. I don't think so. Right, the vampire continued. Well, we collected money from the government to put hits on the Dark Lord Voldemort's minions. He changed his name and on the whole made a profit, even without managing to collect the money back from Riddle. That's the biggest news, really. It was quite a mess for a long time. Although the narcotic sales were through the roof as dark wizards attempted to have visions and light wizards attempted to escape their problems. That is most excellent, Lily observed. Very good. You know, it's good to be back. Vacation was kind of boring. Lily Riddle's life was seeming way more interesting than normal Lily's ever was. She could see how Lily Riddle had gotten into this sort of thing. Well, you were gone for quite some time. The vampire observed. LSD is now considered to be a viable potion to aid divination. Ha, huh, well, how about that? Lily said more for the sake of atmosphere than any real content. Well, this all sounds great, and I think we should keep doing what we're doing. She trailed off, realizing she didn't actually know the vampire's name. He was looking at her expectantly and with something that might be called hope, as if he had just been presented with the opportunity to change everything. Finally, he said, My name is Constantine. Constantine, really? I mean, it's just too vampire to be an actual name, you know. How about Frank? And the hopeful look was gone. I would prefer it if you didn't call me Frank. He sighed, looking defeated even as he spoke, as if he secretly knew that he was going to be called Frank. Wizard Lennon appeared to have reached another limit, this time to his sense of doom and the feeling that they were going to die horribly. Instead, he felt kind of prickly inside her head, as if he was simmering with anger beneath the surface of her skull. Call him Frank. It was decided, then, Frank, it was. Yeah, your name is Frank now. Well, Frank, I think I saw for today, she concluded, turning around to leave the room and return to the Dursleys before halting and doing an about-face to look at him intently. Wait, now, immortality body android thing. What? he asked, looking somewhat confused. I need a body, something like a golem or a robot, where it has a nervous system and everything moves, but it doesn't have conscious thought unless you put something in there. He continued to look confused, and his wariness returned slightly, as if he had the feeling that this idea would not be pleasant for him. Well, there's nothing like that in the market, as far as I know. You'd have to create something. I I'm not sure how you'd build a robot. 
I have heard, though, that the Philosopher's Stone could help, but Flamel has that guarded very well. That sort of thing isn't really done, boss. Though he thought about it. Apparently this was a bit more difficult than she had originally thought if a vampire wasn't sure how to go about it. No, really. You think I've been sitting in your head this past year for fun? Wizard Lennon sounded remarkably sarcastic. Usually he didn't do sarcasm. He did biting wit, but sarcasm always seemed a bit too blunt for him. These people manipulate glitches for a living. Raising the dead should be a cakewalk. I mean, I do it on a weekly basis, they pointed out. I'm not even going to respond to that. Wizard Lennon still seemed tired as they left the office and then knocked her alley altogether, and more than a little depressed as his own difficulties were bluntly told to his face by a vampire named Frank, but he seemed to be a little bit better than he had started. He wasn't saying thank you or anything, but Lily hadn't really expected him to either. It was enough that he was there in her head and talking again. They'd figure it out. Death always said that eternity was a long time and that you could accomplish just about anything if you tried hard enough. Besides, now she had a job and connections to the underground, just like Wizard Lennon had wanted, so surely it wasn't going to be that difficult. You know, Lily, Wizard Lennon said in a tone that was almost fond. I pity Hogwarts for having to take you into their midst. They really have no idea what they're getting into. For the full text of this and other stories by the same author, visit the AO3 page of The Carnivorous Muffin. Intro music licensed from Pond 5. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, Thank you for listening.